Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Today, we have a return guest, uh, somebody who you all should be following if you haven't followed on LinkedIn, uh, which is Samantha Russell. She is the Chief Marketing and Business Development Officer at 20 Over 10. Full disclosure, we do have a relationship with 20 Over 10. They're one of the companies that we use. In fact, probably the exclusive company that we use uh, for all of the web builds that we have because their systems and processes are absolutely amazing. I just needed to make sure that I had full disclosure there. But not only that, but they're a friend of Top Advisor and Samantha and her team puts out unbelievably applicable stuff on a regular basis. So please, if you have not followed Samantha Russell, please make sure that you do on LinkedIn and get uh, in the loop with what 20 over 10 and what they're doing. So Samantha, welcome to the show. Wow, that was fantastic. Thank you. (laughs) I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, good to be back. Yes. And uh, I don't know if this is the second or third time, but uh, yeah, it is the second. So we love being able to pick your brain because when it comes to everything web, uh, you (laughs) really are where our audience goes to for that information. And let's talk about What's going on? So let's kind of take a quick overview. Over 2019 uh, and here at the beginning of 2020, what sort of things are you seeing as like shifts in financial services or shifts in user uh, stuff? Would you mind just kind of giving us a brief overview of what you guys are seeing from a trend perspective? Yeah, yeah. So I think that as much as people don't like to believe it, financial services is the same as any other industry. We have so many advisors who still like to say, well, this industry is different because of X, Y, or Z. And what we have found is that it really isn't. If you think of where people go to find information about anything, they go to what's in their pocket, which is their smartphone, Mm -hmm. and they look it up. And that is true whether nowadays, whether you're 20 or you're 60. And so the stats that we see, yes, the people who are in their 70s and 80s um, really have not necessarily adopted that the ease of going online to look at things the way the younger generations have. But, you know, somebody who's 60 years old now has been using the Internet for the last 20 some years and they're still used to it, too. So we are really in what I like to call the age of the digital referral shift. So businesses are still getting clients from referrals, but the way those referrals happen is very different because rather than just going to a barbecue and getting the name of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, an advisor, what happens is an investor or consumer goes and they'll go online and they'll say, hey, who's everybody using for a financial advisor? I need to get one or I'm looking to make a switch or it's tax time and this year was crazy and I need to you know, talk to somebody. And they might post it on their regular Facebook page. They might post it in a group they're a part of. Um, they might post it in a email to a couple different friends and then people will send them back 
direct links to the person that they suggest. And then what happens, right? They're not going to just call that person up. Typically, they click on the link and they check the person out online first. So whether they're typing your name into Google or they're just clicking directly to your website or somebody sends them your LinkedIn profile, they're looking you up online first. And then from there, they have four or five names. They'll decide to book appointments with a few that most, you know, hit the nail on the head of making them feel qualified, right? So if you, this person is a business owner, they are going to want to look for somebody who specializes in working with business owners mm-hmm. and their profile or their website should reflect that. Right. So hyper-focused, hyper-niche. But I, I want to talk a little bit more about the social proof, and then we're going to go back to that uh, when it comes to making sure you're communicating who you are and what who you work with uh, in such a clear and succinct manner on your 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 overall web presence, whether that's LinkedIn, Facebook, or your website. Let's talk about social proof because how do you find to make it easier for clients to refer through social? So um, I don't know if that's a good enough question. Does that question make sense? So you mean making the client experience one that somebody would want to actually share your name? No, because I'm I'm hoping. <laughs> hoping that they've already done that piece. Uh, it's the next step. It's it's how do you recommend when you're working with a client to make their their the shareability of their content as convenient as possible so that when somebody does post on, on Facebook or whatever, hey, I'm looking for a financial advisor, that the referee, so the existing client, can very easily send the right information right. in order for them to engage. Help us with that. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So, I mean, the number one thing most people will do, which thankfully is easy, is they will take your URL of your domain and, you know, just share that. But if you are on social media, what we'll find is they will want to look your account up and tag you, right? So first and foremost, you actually have to have an account. (laughs) I get asked a lot by people, do I need to have business accounts on all of the social media outlets? And my answer is always yes, absolutely. You know, even if you're not posting actively there every day, you always want to claim your profile. Number one, because let's say your company is something like Lighthouse Financial. How many hundreds of Lighthouse Financials are there in the country? <laughs> and you don't want somebody sharing the wrong Lighthouse Financial. Number two, because you want to be the owner of what is said about you Mm -hmm. and control that. And if you don't have a profile, someone cannot tag you. So I'm actually guilty of this. I am on social media all the time. And up until just 18 months ago, I did not have a Twitter account, if you can believe it, personal Twitter account. And people were constantly referencing videos that I share or things that we were sharing on 20 for 10, and they couldn't tag me. Mm -hmm. And it was such a missed opportunity. And so finally I got my butt in gear and, you know, Hmm. made the Twitter profile. But if you don't, if you're not there, people can't tag you in the first place. Now, I've never asked this question to anybody because you just made me think of it, which is, is tagging approved from a compliance standpoint? Well, whether or not it's approved, the person can do it and there's no way anyone can stop them. So if you have that's what I was hoping you were gonna say. Yeah. So if you have an account and you're on LinkedIn, you're on Facebook, whatever, and somebody goes and tags you, um, you know, there's nothing anyone can do. It just is there. And it happens every day, all the time. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing, honestly, uh, with Google reviews, which a lot of people are not aware of. So 
Google, if you have if you have a business that has an address that is findable on Google Maps, mm-hmm. anyone can click on that profile on Google Maps or Google My Business and leave a review for your business. So mm-hmm. if you go online now and you type, you know, financial advisor Annapolis or financial planner San Diego, you will see at the top of the list these results of businesses, other advisory firms that have Google reviews. And that's because there is nothing anyone can do from a review happening if a business has a listing on Google Maps. So these are all things that obviously the SEC is aware of, and that's why they have that proposal that just went up at the end of 2019, where they're looking to revise the rules um, regarding advertising and modernizing social proof and all these things, but there's nothing anyone can do to prevent a Google review from happening either. Now, on Facebook, because it seems to me that uh, Facebook and LinkedIn, well, the big three, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter are, are the places. How do you all help advisors make sure that they have a consistent, and I'm not going to use numbers here, but a consistent presence on the big three to make it so that they can be tagged, they can have existence. Because one of the things that drives me crazy is somebody will refer me somewhere or I'm doing a search for something and the company hasn't posted since October of 18. So help me with that. Yes. So great question. So once somebody, we can help people set up those accounts and make sure their brand is consistent, um, you know, with their colors and their logo and that it's all a appropriate. But beyond that, um, the big thing is you need something to post. (laughs) You need something to post regularly. So 20 over 10, um, our website platform offers a content library, which is different from any other kind of content out there in that it's a mixture of, yes, personal finance things, like what's the difference between a traditional and Roth IRA. But there's also a lot of lifestyle pieces in there, which Mm -hmm. we know get more Mm-hmm. Um, eyeballs on social media because people are going there for an escape from their day, right? So things like, where is the best place to take a multi generational family vacation? Um, and then it's really beautiful magazine style content. But with any of the pieces from our library, you can edit them for your particular audience. So if you, you know, really work with a lot of young families. And there's a piece about five steps to consider before buying your first home. Um, And you are working with families in the Columbus, Ohio area. You could change that article to say five steps before buying your first starter home in the Columbus, Ohio area. And then edit the pictures, the text, Mm -hmm. anything you want. So it's really like ghost written pieces to start from that you can then share to your social accounts very, very easily so that you're not having to start from scratch, but you don't face the issue you just mentioned where somebody's looking at your page and there's nothing there from the last two years. Now, you just posted something on LinkedIn recently or or what, maybe you commented on something. I, I was reading something that had your name on it. And one of the things that you had talked about was Google's SEO's... Um, the Google SEO policy on repurposing, reposting other people's links. Because the, my understanding was if Joe Schmuckatelli and then Jane Schmuckatelli posted the same thing that wasn't entirely customized, they were just repurposing something that's maybe more canned material that that can hurt you from an SEO perspective. Is that still true? So we're talking about two different things here. On your social media account, you can repurpose and reshare till the cows come home, and it's not going to affect your website. The main 
issue is where does the piece of content live? So Ooh. that's why, you know, you'll see people um, like we do it at 20 over 10. We curate. So we share on social media articles that were written by you guys or by um, Inc. Magazine or Fast Company um, because we're curating that content and we can put our own spin on the commentary of why we're sharing it, but it's a good piece. That is never going to, it's not linking back to our own website. So that's content curation and that's, you know, 100% different. With your website, if you have a lot of people using the same piece of content, it is important that you do edit it so that it is different if you're looking for it to make a difference with your SEO. However, it will not hurt your SEO necessarily if you don't make huge strides in editing it. It's just not going to help it. Gotcha. So the the big difference is if you're looking for it to improve your rankings, posting it there and not editing it is not going to help. Um, but adding fresh content regularly is not going to hurt it. Um, and that's really just because if you if you look at the launch of sites like iris.xyz in our industry and all these other syndicated um, places, Google has come to realize that there are lots of places now where people republish the same article all over the internet. And there's really a lot of times the original writer can do nothing to prevent that from happening and they don't want to penalize that person. Hmm. And so instead what they just do is having original content that's unique to your site gives you a boost. Um, and that's how they deal with that. Let's talk about unique content because that that is the bane of most advisors' existence because <laughs> they don't know how to create it. So you guys have a content library but what happens if they're really, really specialized? Like you talk about, you know, let, let's say they only work with um, Verizon executives or something like that, which, you know, probably could sustain an entire practice. What do you do? How do you help one, the advisor, build their website to have that level of tailorization? And the follow-up question to that would be, do you recommend that level of tailorization or specificity? I think I just made up another word there. So let's start there. So how specific when you're consulting on a person's website do you want them to be in order to be uh, very niche specific? Well, we always want to take a step back first and look at, you know, how many potential clients are in that niche. So if you're talking about Verizon, um, you know, I'm sure it's not they're not necessarily wanting to target just the frontline staff who might be an hourly wage worker. It's like a part time position, but they're looking more at um, whether it's executives or middle management. So we would do the numbers, you know, how many people potential is that audience? And if, you know, we're talking about um, 10,000 people, even 5,000 people, um, the numbers you could get kind of smaller, but let's say even there's only 500, mm -hmm. but is there any other advisor in the country that does this? And if the answer is no, then you have a really good shot of getting, you know, a large percentage of that group. And so being hyper niche specific, I think is okay. Now, if they're spread all over and they're not all in the same geographic area, that gets a little bit more complicated because, um, it is a lot easier 
to build up a following and a presence and, and all of that when you are geographically rooted in just one or two areas. Um, it can be done virtually across the country, and I've seen it happen, but it takes a little bit longer, when, especially when we're talking about search results, right? Um, mm. It's easier to rank in one specific area than it is across the country. So we always want to just look at what is the potential audience size and then you know niche down from there. I personally think, though, most people go way too broad. I've seen mm. it happen over and over again where – you know, they'll try to be specific. And on their homepage of their website, it'll say, you know, something about offering certain kind of financial planning or advice. And then it'll say for physicians, business owners, <laughs> entrepreneurs, and tech executives. Um, and they're just trying to come up with so many different buzzwords or phrases to talk with that audience. I think the better way is to get granular enough that when someone lands on your site, you want them to be able to self-qualify. So you want them to say, this person works with people just, just like, like me, me because right. they're going to understand me. I, we did a website recently for um, an advisor who specializes in physicians and all of the language on his site that our team, and, and this is something we do help with is writing the actual copy. Um, you know, it's, it was stuff like you're a doctor forever, but that shouldn't mean you have to work that long. Um, and they'll say things like we specialize in financial advice for physicians, um, your prescription for success. So mm -hmm. using words that they use in their industry to advertise the financial planning services that they offer, because it just helps that person resonate with your firm. Okay. But aren't I going to exclude everybody but physicians? So it's all about the long-term approach versus the short-term approach. Yay. So in the beginning, you know, yes, you're not going to have the ability to have every person who walks in the door is not going to be qualified. But you find one physician and they do a fan you do a fantastic job working with them. And then they go back and tell their friends and colleagues about it. Mm -hmm. um, and over time you do build it up a good example. Um, and I actually have a webinar that we could link to that I did where I interviewed um, a CFP named Kyle Moore, who's based out of Minneapolis. And he is currently 30, either 33 or 34. I don't know if he had his birthday yet, um, years old. And he was working with an independent advisory firm back in 2017, and he decided he wanted to go independent. So he had six clients he could take with him. He has no brand name backing. You know, he's not affiliated with the broker dealer, no one who's going to provide him with leads. And he starts from scratch. And in just two and a half years, he now has a practice of over 50 clients, and they're almost all in his niche of corporate executives. Wow. And the way that he did it was he started with those six people. One of them was his target audience, a corporate exec. And he started really just giving that person the best, you know, experience that he possibly could, asking them the kinds of questions that they had, things that they had never gotten help with, with their financial planning that he could help them with and gave them a fantastic experience, but then used all those conversations, those questions, the detailed, you know, research and gathering he did for them and turned it into content. So, you know, one of his most popular blog posts on his website is, can capital gains push me into a higher tax bracket? Hmm. And from that one blog post alone, he had over 20 new prospects, um, which a good majority turn into leads, contact him who'd found that, who were searching for that question online. So it just goes to show, you know, yes, when I say the long-term game, that's two and a half years. That's not 
a Not massive at all. amount of time. But you can really, really get you know, very specific and become an expert. And when you become an expert, what also happens is you're not viewed as a salesperson anymore. You're the expert. So rather than you selling yourself to other people, people are coming to you for your expertise. That's a huge shift in mindset. Right. And they're pre-sold, right? Because they know that you're that guy. And I'm air quoting, which is absolutely fantastic. And I also think taking that step back to make that gargantuan, not just leap forward in working with the people that you want, but freedom, income, all of those other things that really truly niche-focused businesses can get – you know who you're talking to, you know where your marketing money is going to go, because you know that place so well. Um, I love it. And, and I support 100%. We all support everything that you said there. And I'm going to do a major shift here. Uh, because something that you said there just triggered something in my very random brain here, Samantha. So <laughs> I'm sorry, if this is going to sound like a really weird transition. But something that is very uh, prevalent now, especially when you're talking about the phones, and that's where all of this came from. So I'm going to try to make myself look less crazy here. Uh, you know, 18 minutes ago when you brought that up, um, uh, w- let's talk about voice searches. What what do you do, and how do you feel about optimization if there even is a thing to make sure that when I say to my phone, "Hey Samantha," which is a way better name than any of the other ones, but anyway, uh, that you know, if I ask my phone a question that it's going to take me to what you guys build at 20 over 10. Yeah. So voice search is huge. Um, The latest stat that one of the latest stats I just saw was that in certain age groups, um, I think like under 50 crowd up to 50% of all searches on mobile devices are done via voice, um, which is huge. And the way that Google deals with this is interesting because when people search by voice, we talk very differently than we type. And that is a really important thing to keep in mind. And typically when we talk, we don't talk in a statement like the examples I gave before, financial advisor Annapolis. But instead we would say, find financial advisors near me, or what is the best financial advisor in Annapolis? And we often ask questions. So you want to think about when you're creating your website, what you can do so that when somebody is utilizing voice as a means to search, your site has a better chance and your content has a better chance of being found. So there's a couple things you can do. Number one, I always, always, always recommend people set up an FAQ page because that's just a nice series of questions and answers. And you'll have a much better chance of your question potentially being the kind of question someone would ask. You just want to think about what language your audience would use and try to you know, um, verbalize it that way. The second thing that you can do that a lot of people aren't aware of is there's something called NAP data. So NAP data stands for your name, your address, and your phone number. NAP data should be on every single page of your website, and we suggest putting it in a global footer, which means anytime a new page is created, a new blog, a new video, a new podcast post, that footer just gets replicated and added to the bottom so that you don't have to do anything. Now, why NAP data is important is the way that Google associates your business with your content and with other listings out there that your business has is through your NAP data. So if on the bottom of your website in your global footer, you have Russell Investments LLC, and we are at Sandy Drive Suite 202. 
But then on your Google My Business page, you just have Russell Investments and you leave out the LLC. And instead of spelling out suite, S-U-I-T-E, you have S-T-E period. Google has a really hard time knowing that those two companies are the same. And when people are doing those local searches, find an advisor near me, your business is probably not going to show up because it doesn't necessarily know that this business is this local business that's in that area. So making sure that your NAP data is on every page of your website in that global footer and then anywhere else you are online, on your social profiles, on your Google My List, Google My Business page, Google Maps, Chamber of Commerce, you make it absolutely the exact same spelling um, and everything to be consistent. That's freaking golden nugget, man. That was awesome. Great. Yeah. A lot of people have no idea about that. It's kind of more of a technical thing that gets lost, but it, it can have a huge impact. Well, and if for some reason, if you're not working with 20 over 10 and you're working with another web provider, make sure uh, that you're asking them those sorts of questions to make sure that those things are consistent. Uh, and, um, you know, make sure that you're going out and checking out your stuff. Uh, that's one of the things that always makes me giggle, Samantha, is I'll be on uh, the phone with an advisor. This just happened last week. And I was like, hey, man, I was uh, trying to do a whole bunch of due diligence on you and uh, your website's not up. <laughs> and the guy was like, what? I said, yeah, dude, I here, I just typed in your URL. Here's the URL. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. All right. I hit enter. I cleared my cash. I did everything I was, you know, I could have done. I did it on different right. machines. And he's like, dude, I don't know how long my website's been down. Yeah. Well, I mean, another another thing I see all the time is, you know, because local search is still so important. Yes, it's good to have a niche. But, you know, if you're a, a an advisor in San Diego focused on physicians, well, you could just focus on physicians in San Diego. There's that many yeah. potential clients. And so a lot of people will get frustrated and they'll come to us and say, why am I not ranking high in my area? If someone's searching in this area, I'm not coming up. And then we'll take a look and they have no information about their geographic area in their title tags, their header tags, um, in these important places in the, in the site's metadata that communicates to Google when it crawls your site where you're located hmm. and what those keywords you want to be. So, you know, also just making sure that, you know, you ask your um, web provider, where is the important places that I should be putting this information and can you help me with that? And that's something they should definitely be able to help you do. Putting the keyword that you are most interested in ranking for in the very first thing in your title tag is a huge way to get a better ranking. So I'll see a lot of people and then the title tag, they'll have, you know, Russell Investments and then Dash Home. Well, that does nothing to help you. Instead, it should say something like San Diego Financial Planner for Physicians slash Russell Wealth. Wow. Huh. See, you know, I could have you on the show all the time because we could just talk about this stuff and, and, and I would love it. Well, here's the thing. I could have you on the show all the time and people could utilize the information that you're providing to bring to their web provider or what they could do is something really smart, which is just freaking <laughs> use you. Let's talk about that really quickly. Um, what is the best? Is there anything coming out that our people need to know about uh, from you? And then what is the best way for them to reach out to you? Yes. Yeah, so super exciting. We have been working with advisors for uh, just about four years now um, with websites. And, you know, we did develop the content library, which which has been an exciting update. But we had so many people who would come to us and say, you know, you guys put all this great educational content out, but can you help me with it? Can you help me manage my social media accounts? Can you help me do email marketing? And we could give them best guidance and practices, but we didn't have a tool. So we decided to go out and build the tool that if we were going to manage inbound marketing 
for advisors across the country, this is the tool we would want to use. And that is what we built. It's called Lead Pilot. It is officially going to be announced uh, February 17th at the T3 Advisor Conference. So depending on when this episode comes out, it may already be announced. And leadpilot.io is the website that people can go to to learn more. But basically what it is, it's an all-in-one marketing platform that allows you to both personalize and customize, yet automate your inbound marketing. So you can schedule social media posts, you can set up email campaigns or full 90-day campaigns that include both email and social posts, the content you can use from our content library, or you can upload your own content, including podcasts, which I know you love, um, videos, all kinds of different content. And then all of the interactions that take place across social media, across email, where all of the analytics are funneled back into the platform for you so that you can see everything in one place. You can see um, you know, what's performing best. And then my favorite part is, let's say a lead does come in and they just give you their email. You can then click on that person's name and we will go out across the internet and find as much information as we can about them. So instead of just having their email, you can see where they work, how old they are, where they live, and you'll have a lot more information to follow up with that lead. We also share with you exactly what they're clicking on and what they're reading so you can tailor your future content that you're sharing with them to be specific to their interests. Magnificent. And they need to look you up on LinkedIn, which is uh, Samantha Russell, right? We'll make sure that we have links to your LinkedIn yes, profile. Samantha C. Russell, actually. Oh, good. Oh, good, good, good. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, and uh, we'll make sure that we have a link to your LinkedIn profile. Is there any other place that they should look besides the, the new... Uh, Lead we pilot? have a great blog, blog.20over10.com, where we share five days a week, um, just really fabulous educational content for advisors on all things digital marketing. So definitely check that out. Wonderful. Well, Samantha, you are always a magnificent guest. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Now, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. And if you know anybody or you have any podcast topic ideas that you would like us to cover here at Top Advisor Marketing, all you have to do is email me, Matt, at topadvisorm, that M is for marketing.com. And I'd love to have a conversation with you about it. Or you can just start a conversation with me on LinkedIn. If you haven't followed me or Kirk or Top Advisor Marketing on LinkedIn, make sure you do that this coming year. So for everybody at 20 over 10 and for everybody at Top Advisor Marketing, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the contact us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.